0: What's up, everyone? Caleb Simpson here with the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, and I'm also the founder of Hemp Daddies Therapeutics. You can find us online at hempdaddies.com. That's just H-E-M-P-D-A-D-D-Y-S dot com. And today we have a very special guest. We are going to be chatting with Rick Martinez, who is a cannabis entrepreneur. And I first met Rick about a year ago. We met virtually online, then we spoke on the phone about his event called Talk Hustle Connect, which is a one day kind of a cannabis entrepreneur conference held in San Antonio, Texas, of all places. And we met through his online Facebook group, which is kind of like a cannabis accelerator group. We talk a little bit about it during the interview. It's at least mentioned. And Rick is also the founder of Green Seed Cannabis Co. You can find him online at greenseedcannabisco.com. And he is the founder of that, and he runs that Cannabis Accelerator. And that's a very unique thing because um, cannabis is illegal in Texas, but it's not legal in other states. There's people in his accelerator from other states. The main focus for him right now is also currently CBD because of the legal status. And he's also the founder of WTKB Media, which is also called Weed to No Basis, which is basically just a YouTube channel and a podcast where he interviews people within the cannabis industry. And Rick is a very interesting guy. He's very passionate about the cannabis industry. He's extremely nice and friendly and passionate about helping people. And his whole the whole premise of his Cannabis Accelerator is to help those entrepreneurs build a successful business. And how you define success, that's, that's kind of up to you. And that's one of the things that Rick actually helps entrepreneurs with that are going through his program. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoy this interview with them. Let's get right to it. Rick, welcome to the show. Caleb, it's
1: awesome to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet, man. Um, so this, this conversation, I hope, is going to be a really good one. Um, you know, We're going to focus mainly on the cannabis accelerator that you have. But before we um, get started with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the cannabis industry?
1: Sure, so I'll I'll kind of, I'll do like, I, I like to go high level, like 30,000 feet, and mm-hmm. flip points, and then if there's somewhere you want to dive in, you know, ground level, then by all means. So um, my, my background is I'm a registered nurse. I've been an RN uh, since the mid-90s, so quite a while. I haven't practiced in well over a decade, 10 plus years. I still maintain my license, but the relevance behind that is because I became an entrepreneur, about 20 years ago, launching our first company, non-cannabis, and we became one of the largest federal <clears throat> contractors in, in the country. So what we did simply was we put doctors and nurses into military hospitals, and that was our niche. We became one of the best companies doing that for the Department of Defense and ran that for almost a, a decade and a half. We sold that. I say we, my wife and I. My wife and I work side by side pretty much since we've been dating. So Um, we exited that sold that company uh, about four years ago and from there and and along that journey is I really fell in love with being an entrepreneur with entrepreneurship and really crafting your own your future you there's a tremendous amount of of control and it could be scary when you're when feeding yourself and your family is totally reliant on you so uh, launched several businesses, like we owned some CrossFit gyms, and launched a food delivery company, and some good, some bad. Uh, but one of the things I fell in love with Caleb along that journey was uh, mentoring and advising at a high level. So um, after the sale of our company, my wife took some time off, and you know, about a year or so, and I really dove headfirst into mentoring, advising, and angel investing in another in startups, not cannabis. And it was a few years ago that a good friend of mine, he's a Marine, and he's now, he's an engineer for a large oil company now, a UT grad, University of Texas oil uh, petroleum engineer. But um, he called one day and said he needed help with this startup. And I said, sure. I said, you're, you're a bro, you know, I've known you for a decade. And uh, now he was, he was a Marine, like when you watch footage back in the early 2000s of Iraq, and was going on in Afghanistan, and they showed pictures of Marines in combat, he was that guy, he was one of those. So, he said, "I want to start a company." And I said, "I'm in. Who do you want to help?" And that was the first question: Who do you want to help? And he said, "Veterans with PTSD." And I said, "Dude, I, I'm I'm in." And Caleb also, as an aside, is I did a tour in the U.S. Army as an Army nurse, so I was activated. So I I saw firsthand what PTSD was doing to and 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 through our troops, but. Back to the story is, is my friend, he said, I wanna help veterans with PTSD. And I said, I, I'm in, how, how do you wanna do that? It's how? And he said, CBD, those three letters changed my life. And full transparency, Caleb, is I was like, I don't know what CBD is. I have no idea what that is, but if you're gonna help our vets, I'm in. And that began my journey into the entirety of the cannabis industry because of that one phone call about four years ago.
0: Wow, that is awesome yeah, and it, and it's very interesting how like everyone everyone I've encountered at least in, in this space has some sort of story of you know why they got in an industry. and it's usually it's usually something very personal like this. and so that, and yours is one of the mo- more interesting stories I've heard because it it doesn't necessarily come from, I mean, I, I know you and I know you've used it personally, but so it really came from just your desire to help people, which is is really awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that, and and you're right. It came from a, a point of purity, if you will, and uh, of altruism, and just the greater good. So I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's yeah, and it's kind of frustrating to see like a lot of these guys getting into this into the business or, or only in it for the money. So it's always refreshing to see people that actually have a story and are or, or in it to help people. Um, so let's go ahead and dive right into the questions now. So we're going to, you know, mainly like I said, we're going to mainly focus on the cannabis accelerator that, you, that you're running. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and um, and when that actually all got started?
1: Sure. So um, so again, I became a co-founder of a CBD company and uh, I learned a lot about I was familiar with the startup world. But I realize that uh, as as many of the of your as your listeners are probably realizing, the industry is vast. It's and and not just CBD. I'm talking about now cannabis as an entirety, but it, it was it was vast. And that excites me. the 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 opportunity uh, to scale, to actually take an idea and take it to, who knows? Um, I mean, if we can be just very frank, unicorn status, if you will. But uh, we learned not only about the CBD side and e-commerce and the whole distribution, but we actually then launched a wholesale distribution company and learned. um, One of the things we learned was who the good ones are and who the bad ones are. And and it's in any industry. There's good people and there's not good people. And we learn, and then uh, because I enjoy speaking and I have been mentoring for so many years, I was asked to speak at a conference in Reno several years ago, and the topic was the business of cannabis, or simply put, um, thinking, strategic thinking, planning, execution on the strategy, and only for cannabis entrepreneurs, whether they're marijuana or CBD. And that began the genesis of where we're headed with your to your question of the accelerator. So. In that audience, I was pleasantly surprised at the number of people who essentially raised their hand and said they wanted to start a cannabis business. They just didn't know what to do first, and then what to do second, and what to do third. And again, whether it was CBD or marijuana, I was pleasantly surprised, because by virtue of that one talk, we recognized a gap. We recognized an opportunity, and that's essentially, if we just distill it down, business coaching for cannabis entrepreneurs. So we floated a trial balloon. And what that means is about a year, just over a year ago, because there were so many folks interested in starting something, we announced in our private Facebook group, it's actually, it's, it's public, it's Green Seed Nation. We announced we're gonna do a business planning session or a strategic seminar one day in in the heart of Texas, San Antonio, how many of you will show up? And Caleb, about 100 people virtually raised their hand. And they said, okay, the cost is $420, one day, full day, and we're gonna do a happy hour at one of the most premier hotels in the country, the Hotel Emma. And about 80 of those hands went down. And it's it's funny, not haha, but peculiar, because um, entrepreneurs think, I guess, they can start something with no skin in the game, which I am adamantly opposed to. So the price was simply a barrier. 420 bucks for the kind of training, uh, it was the steal, honestly. But we had over a dozen companies show up or CEOs of startups and cannabis Canna Curious from uh, California to the Midwest, to Texas, to San Antonio, and it was a, a tremendously powerful day. And the question that emerged at the end was, what's next? And I was like, wow, okay, so what's next? And that's when we announced our accelerator program. And what that simply is, it's a it's a ninety day curriculum curriculum based fee for service program, where uh, can a curious person or somebody with an idea uh, of something they want to start in the industry can join and go through a stepped out brick by brick curriculum. But not only that, not only the theory and what we what we talk about, but they'll get high level mentoring, coaching, honestly, uh, mastermind calls, and then we do some uh, office hours within the group and. That's the essence of what we we started. We call it greenseedcannabisco.com because Greenseed Cannabis Company was taken. But it's Greenseed Cannabis Co. And it's the Greenseed Accelerator. And we sim- one goal, uh, our, our mission is to help 1,000 cannabis entrepreneurs achieve success by 2025. And the, Caleb, the program's on fire. We're the ninth. Uh, this was vetted by a reporter who did an article on us. We were the ninth cannabis accelerator in the U.S. in the country to launch and the very first in the state of Texas, and it's it's been a ride, and it's been awesome. It's been um, it fires me up every day to think about uh, young startups in the cannabis space.
0: Yeah, that that is awesome, and and that is one, and that's one very, like you said, that's one very interesting thing about your program. I, I actually wanted to lead in with that, but you mentioned it, so thank thanks for that. But you are like the only one in Texas. And one of the few um, cannabis accelerators in the whole nation, it's like you you can find business accelerators pretty much anywhere. But, you know, there's very, very few that are focusing on cannabis. And so so you mentioned that there's, you know, your goal is to help a thousand um, cannabis related companies and you want them to achieve success. So how do you define success or is that kind of something that you are leaving up to the companies that are getting involved in the program?
1: That's a great question, and 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 I gotta say it's both. So we have defined success in our company, and we have set metrics around. Um, well, the mission statement itself is is a um, a metric. One thousand cannabis entrepreneurs achieve success by 2025. So it's a smart goal. So it's a two prong question. So we've we've defined our success as a company, and to the other half of the question is a lot of times cannabis entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general. They they don't ha- they haven't defined success they haven't defined their bullseye uh, they uh, oftentimes an entrepreneur in any space but especially because cannabis is so hot right now is they charge ahead and not knowing what their end state or goal is so one of the first things we literally do is is what's what's your prize? what's your success what's your what is your Everest when you get when you have achieved success in your startup or company tell me what has just happened and I'll tell you Caleb nine out of ten entrepreneurs have no idea they say well we've helped a lot of people and that's great uh, you know we' were're we're, um, we're in 15 different locations in Kansas that's great too and so um, the point is is um, we often will charge up Everest without the proper tools um, the team the equipment the things we need and then really not ever know what the top means to us so, Long story short is we help them define success like a literal bullseye so that they can, they know where they're throwing their darts every time they wake up and attack their business.
0: Wow. That, that, that is awesome. You know, and, and I've found that so true as well. E- even with myself, I've even struggled at times, you know, within my, the past business I owned in this business with actually defining those goals. And, and it is always good to have somebody kind of on your side kind of you know, coaching you and mentoring you and helping you to find those goals because sometimes it's hard for us to do it on our own. It is. Um, the,
1: just you know, it's it's a lonely life. That's just the fact. Being an entrepreneur is a lonely life. Um, uh, you know, sometimes parents or family or friends they're like, you know, just get a job, and mm-hmm. and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can have a, a tremendous amount of success with it with a job, but you know, entrepreneurs are wired differently and it's lonely and having people that are on your team and moving in the same direction as you it's it's empowering and it just honestly it feels good to know that you're not alone.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that, and and that's another aspect. You know, when you when you got something like this accelerator, you you've got other people that are with you and doing the same thing right alongside you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's 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 a powerful motivator. It gets you at very minimum it gets you up in the morning and gets you moving fast towards your goals.
0: Yeah, totally. Um Okay. So, so what are some reasons why some people might want to join your program? So is this for people with like zero business experience who've never run a business before? Is this also going to be helpful for somebody who's, you know, very entrepreneurial and has run businesses um, in the past?
1: Yeah, so uh, at first our our design was let's take the early stage startup, the one who's already um, proven a concept, whether it's a product or service, and let's help them um, create their roadmap uh, to success but we realized that there's so many people who have fantastic ideas. So our curriculum is designed to work with both. The person who just, I have this idea for this thing and we can take them by virtue of the curriculum. Let's let's go through the steps. Uh, Let's see if it's a viable product or service. Let's do a test run or a test market or an MVP, minimal viable product, and see if people will pay you for it before you charge into the night and build some $10,000 app. Or invest in you know half a million in a grow that has mites, termites, whatever, things like that. so the the short answer is we serve both. And um, it's it's worked. it's It's worked. We've actually vetted our processes and the companies that have entered from idea to to launch to scale, and the ones who are already in business to scale, um, it's worked as well for both of them. And that's something we realize, and it's it's powerful. But um, I think, whether it's through a program like ours or somebody else, I compel every entrepreneur to never do this alone. Find a mentor or an advisor or somebody who's been to the place where you want to be and listen to them.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah, that's great advice. and And one thing I like to always tell people, even if you don't have somebody, that's mentoring you like directly one-on-one it's like you there's i mean there's tons of resources out there there's podcasts there's blogs i mean there's just loads of information that we can be filling our heads with
1: no doubt like this one i mean this the, your 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 show is a is a fantastic show and all these things are resources without a doubt
0: mm-hmm. yeah totally and, and you got your own show too we we to no basis so there, there's another way you can you know even if you're you know not going through rick's program you can listen to this podcast
1: for sure. I appreciate that, That uh, yeah. the pimp there. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's Weed to Know Basis, and we just launched it in, in April of 19, 2019.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so my next question is, so you're out of Texas. So how exactly is the accelerator run? I'm assuming you don't have companies just from Texas. So how, how does this work exactly?
1: Gotcha. And um, so, Caleb, one of the questions, and I, I think we, we're going to record an episode or we have about this, or I've mentioned this, is – I love, you didn't, you didn't ask this, but it's a, you were kind of on the tail end of this, but people ask, and I'm talking about, you know, news reporters and scholarly people, how are you doing this in Texas, Rick? And I asked them, what do you mean by what? Like, what 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 do you mean by that? How are we doing what in Texas? Because the consensus is that the, the cannabis industry is all about growing weed and selling weed. And The beauty of the industry, as you know yourself, Caleb, is it can be location-independent, plus it's beyond the plant, so far beyond the plant. So to answer your question is you're right, we have clients from coast to coast, literally from Marina Del Rey, California, to Brooklyn, New York, and everywhere in between. Our program is digital, meaning uh, it can be accessed from, I recommend computer because there is coursework and workbooks to fill out and do, uh, but it can be accessed 24-7, 365. Uh, The limiter, Is the fact that we do live mastermind calls. Uh, We do record them, but um, if somebody is at work in the in the West Coast and we do it during the evening on the East Coast, then sometimes they miss. But uh, the beauty of what we do is it's a digital program uh, with with live coaching and mentoring with with myself and a group of advisors. But um, that's how we solved it. Is we've made the program location independent, so you don't have one does not have to come to San Antonio to participate in the program.
0: Yeah that's 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 the beautiful thing about te- about technology and I've, I'm starting to see a growing more and more of these kind of like you know virtual accelerator programs pop up you know before it's like I mean with my past business there's ones we applied for where we would have had to go live up in New York for a month you know to make it happen but you know it's really nice that you know people can still you know have their family life and do their family thing while they're growing a business and so yeah things like that are great
1: yeah yeah, and it's you touched on something very unique there. It's uh, not all accelerators are the same. They, they all have maybe a different model. And some programs to what you just mentioned, like Canopy Boulder, for instance, you have to apply. It's a very strenuous application process. And then you move to Boulder, like you have to go there. And yeah. uh, some of them will, they they have an office space and you actually physically have to be there. But um, And then some models are they take equity and nothing wrong with that but you, it's not fee for service. Like you have to compete and you might get some sort of seed funding and then you give away a chunk of your company for the mentorship and coaching. And um, there's, there's a lot of ways to skin this cap in other words.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree. Um, okay. So my next question is, so do you, do you focus on any particular type of business model such as like e-commerce or brick and mortar in line, and what types of cannabis businesses are coming through the accelerator. Because I'm assuming it's more than just CBD.
1: It is. That's a that's a great assumption. Um, so it's frankly, Caleb, it's not about the model or the business or the idea or the service or the product. It's about the person. And before before we ask anybody, because we're a fee for service program before I ask anybody to write the check to join the program, they're on an, at least an hour long phone call with me because I wanna know that they're serious. Um, let me let me frame it a different way. So you and I are both cannabis entrepreneurs and Caleb, you're on your website, people can go to it and they can actually purchase a product. And um, whether it's a website or a retail store, now, as the store owner, whether it's online or virtual, I'm sorry, virtual or brick and mortar, when people walk in, we generally want action takers. We want people who are going to come in. They, they have a sense of what they want. They're going to ask questions and they're going to purchase something. That's what every business owner desires. If somebody says, no, I don't want action takers, then they shouldn't be an entrepreneur. It's the same concept. I want action takers. You know, um, They will get all of me. of me each and every time, all of our skills, all of our expertise, and I'm very open about this. uh, They will get all of our connections. They will get all of our resources. And all I ask is this, give me all of you. Um, Don't come into this program uh, wanting to build a good side hustle. That's not what we're about. Uh, We're about taking your idea and helping you build something that matters. So it's, it's Ir- irrelevant to, well, it's it's not as relevant what the product or service is, or whether it's CBD or marijuana, because we do have both clients. It's, I want somebody who's hungry. And here's why that matters even more. Because if we received anybody in the program, anybody who could you know, say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to test this out, and they didn't like it, guess who looks bad? We do. We, we look like we just don't give a shit. And mm-hmm. um, part of the process, uh, Caleb, is we vet them. And I do, like personally, right now, I am the one who vets every single participant. And if they're not hungry, then they need to probably go check themselves. But um, it's about the person for us.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so next question. What is the best advice you could give somebody that's just entering, entering the cannabis space?
1: That's a so that's a big question. And uh, maybe a year or two ago, I would have had a different answer uh, because I was fairly new to it. So the the first thing I would say is I know this is going to sound kind of silly, but empower yourself. And this goes back to what you mentioned earlier, all the resources that are out there. Uh, podcasts like this one, uh, there's there's now a, a tremendous amount of magazines at Barnes & Noble. In other words, go give yourself a baseline of knowledge because it's not just about growing weed and selling weed. The ancillary industry is as massive, if not more massive, than the plant itself. Think of the gold rush. I use this analogy often, the gold rush. Um, I would challenge you, Caleb, or anybody who listens to name, to name somebody who was a famous gold rush panhandler in the 1800s. And likely, nobody can. Uh, mm-hmm. But that then I would ask this question, how many of you, and I've done this on stage, how many of you are wearing or have Levi's in your closet, or have have a pick, shovel, and ax in your garage? And nine out of 10 hands go up. And I said, that's the power of ancillary. That's the power of understanding the business is more than just panning for gold or growing weed. It's all the stuff that surrounds it. So the first thing I would tell somebody is empower yourself, because if you get on the phone call, And you want to learn how to grow a better crop and that's all you think about the industry you need to go again i'm going to use this phrase again go check yourself go empower yourself and then let's have a real intelligent business entrepreneurial conversation so step one empower yourself
0: Mm, yeah that's that that is great advice right there and like and and i see a lot of people doing that kind of like you mentioned the whole you know pick and axe you know analogy you know, a lot of people that are reaching out to me, you know, in regards to like my CBD, they're one of the things I've heard from a couple of people. They they can get you on like the Facebook platforms and the Google ads, but they're doing it through this weird backdoor thing. But these are people. I mean, whether or not you agree with what they're doing or not, they they've seen an opportunity in the industry and they and they've jumped on it. And so that's just one other way people can be involved in the cannabis industry without actually, you know, like growing or selling it. Yeah.
1: No, like w- before we got on, uh, before we started recording this, Caleb, I shared with you how I was on a one-hour interview. Uh, today is like interview day for me. But uh, actually, we interviewed for our show um, some Instagram experts. And th- to your point is, and to what we're talking about is, the business is so far beyond the bud. Like these, the this crew, uh, they niche down and niche down, and now they s- work specifically with cannabis entrepreneurs who want to maximize their Instagram marketing presence and. Mm-hmm it's that opportunity didn't exist for them about two to three years ago. Now they have an entire new business model and that's the beauty of this industry. It's creating new businesses almost every day.
0: Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, and speaking of creating new businesses, you you let me lead into this really well to my next question. So it, it seems every time I look up, you're involved in something new in the cannabis industry aside from your accelerator. So what what are some other ways you are currently involved in this industry aside from the accelerator program?
1: That, that's um I love the question. And, and I just for the listener's sake, we didn't strategize this, these um lead-ins. That's but it was just a very natural segue. So um Greenseed, the Green Seed Accelerator, Greenseed Cannabis Co. is pretty much where I hang my hat the majority of my time right now. Um, you know, I I cater to our clients, you know, we work with them hand in hand. And, but to your question, is it's without a doubt worse. We still have our finger on the pulse of the industry and our eye on the horizon. And what that means is simply in a different way is never, it's always keep your eyes open to opportunity. So, what's the second big operation we're involved in now? And I'm, I'm a CSO, the chief strategy officer of a company called Ocean Blue Brands. And um, we, it's recently launched but we're doing a few things. One is we're opening up a massive retail platform. We actually, as, literally as we're recording this on this day, we received the keys to our first location 48 hours ago. So today's Friday, Wednesday, we received our keys to our first retail location in Katy, Texas, and we have 10 more about to spring up in Atlanta, Georgia. But what that really means is, is we, what we've designed, Ocean Blue Brands, it's a cannabis holding company. So we're in the middle of a raise. We're raising 2.3 million on a PPM, a private placement, and we're gonna land squarely in the retail sector, but we're also launching our very own wholesale division and we're helping other companies develop their products and services. So it's kind of a large endeavor. And I could talk all day about this because it's just so freaking exciting. But um, yeah, Green Seed Cannabis Co. is where we nurture and help uh, startups grow. And Ocean Blue Brands is when they grow and hit hits certain metrics, uh, they then have an outlet or a place um, to look for funding for capital or a retail footprint, and um, it's it's exciting. And again, to what we're talking about, this did not exist a couple of years ago, and now uh, we are just out of the gate on fire.
0: Well, wow, that, that's awesome. That's really cool. Well, all right, well, cool. Let's let's go into a little bit of um, industry discussion now. Um, it's an industry discussion. I slurred my speech a little bit there. Um, so where do you see the industry heading? And I'm and referring to not just CBD, but, you know, THC as well, just like, kind of like cannabis as a whole, where do you see this industry heading?
1: That's a, that's a great question. There's, um, so I think there's two ways to kind of dissect that. There's, uh, let's call it macro and micro. So on the micro is there's going to be even more opportunity for the average Joe. And I say that with love and respect. Uh, there's there's more opportunity for um, your neighbor, for uh, the, the people who are just graduating from college to actually start something with real meaning and substance. And the model has already been proved. So on the micro side is simply put, entrepreneurial activity is it's ramping up. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry now has an opportunity to start a real business in the industry, a, I say real business. Mm-hmm. On the macro side, um, it's it's explosive. I mean, there's so many deals that are now, the deal flow in cannabis, and now we're talking about the very big, like we're talking about the MedMen of the US or Tilray's or Cannabis. Uh, they are now uh, receiving and giving out billions of dollars in investment capital to to those companies that show promise. And so as I describe the micro and macro, the beauty is that they're going to start converging, uh, for instance, green seed and our podcast, and, you know, Caleb, I'm I'm gonna in full transparency, Weeds and Obases was actually a media channel that we launched. It wasn't simply just a podcast. We actually put forth WTKB media and, uh, there's, there's legs now. So where I'm going with it is that someday a CNN, when this becomes, you know, more accepted might come in and buy WTKB. Mm -hmm. And so the macro and the micro are going to start converging in a very big way. And that's a good thing. And it's a scary thing, but um, I I hope that kind of gives a little bit of clarity without getting too much in the, in the weeds per se. But um, um, the opportunity is massive for everyday people and it's getting more massive to institutions who have, um, well, let's say the big pharmas, the big beverages, uh, the companies that are g- going to be coming into the space, uh, there already are
0: actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, and in, in one of the things I heard you say in one of your, one of your talks recently, I think it was to the San Antonio Angel Network. I can't remember for sure. But one of the things you said that really caught my attention was how that in the CBD space that there's no clear industry leaders, even like the big guys like charlotte's web and green roads don't even hold the majority of the market share so like the the opportunity for people to get into this um, right now is just pretty massive
1: it is it's it's um it, i'm that's I'm, cool that you listen to that one and that's that's part and parcel to where the industry is headed so i did give a presentation to an angel investment group here in saying i'm a member of it and they were hungry to learn more about um, not only deal flow in the cannabis industry, but a, a snapshot, an overview of where the industry has been, where it is today and where it's going. And the room was filled. And I was, I'm was i continually blown away by the quality and caliber of people who are showing up to these investor events and looking to see where the opportunity is. And, and that's why building um, a, a transparent, um, ethical business is so important because you're being watched. We are. But what's interesting, Caleb, is to your point of, of, um, of CW being the industry leader, I, w- I wanna give this kind of visual to the listeners. Um, I know there was a kind of a play on words, a visual to the listeners, but if you can imagine a, a track, uh, like a track, like a 400 meter track, like any track stadium in your high school, whatever, imagine the track, and now imagine 100 cannabis company CEOs lined up and the guy clicks the start button, the, the, the start gun. And all 100 companies take off out of the gate. In most industries, there's a clear leader. There's one or two or three companies who are already way down the road. <clears throat> to your point is in the CBD side, um, the Charlotte's Web, They're maybe two steps ahead of the second place, who is only a half a millisecond ahead of third place. And everybody else is right on their heels. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the industry now is there's no clear cut leader. We are all pretty much lockstep, right behind the the current leaders, and CW Hemp is is one of them.
0: Hmm. So, so this is a random question that's popped in my head. What do you think is going to shake things up in the industry and 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 lead to some of these people becoming industry leaders?
1: So there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation, and this can probably be. I think you we would receive different answers depending on who we're talking to, but. Um, multi-state, op- the MSOs, multi-state operators are going to be the ones that start to peel ahead very rapidly. Um, and so, which is one of the reasons why we're launching a platform retail in Texas and in Georgia, and we'll be announcing other states here soon. So that's one, uh, is the ones who have a presence, not just in one single e-commerce place or one city, but, um, and and not just in one vertical, the, and the ones who really um, attack the entirety, like they might have not only retail, but a cultivation and a growing presence. So um, the simple answer is the, the MSOs are gonna be the ones that are gonna peel away and really start to take the lead. And that requires several things. And again, this is just me talking, but uh, it will require capital. It's gonna require you know, the ability to scale and grow. But underneath that, it's gonna require one heck of a great leadership team and people who know what they're doing and who are running a solid, um, transparent, trustworthy, ethical business. So. There's a lot to that, but it's going to be the ones who establish those footprints fast. And if we get really granular to the folks who are maybe just thinking, I just want to get started, then it comes down to your branding and marketing. Um, What does your brand say about you and how many people know about you? Branding and marketing is going to be a critical piece.
0: Yeah, totally. I I completely agree with that. Um, Okay, so the next question is about the 2018 Farm Bill. So that was recently passed, and for those that aren't familiar with it, it essentially kind of was supposed to clear up some gray areas regarding, well, um, like hemp. So it essentially is going to allow for states to grow hemp in their own. It's going to make it legal from the federal level, remove it from the Schedule One substance list, and was supposedly going to clear up a lot of the gray areas in terms of banking and things like that. But as a lot of us in the CBD industry have seen, that's not really happening just yet. So what what are your thoughts on the 2018 Farm Bill? Do you think it's going to start helping entrepreneurs anytime soon or do we still have a ways to go?
1: I think both. So it was obviously um, a a pretty joyous day when it passed, when the president signed it. And um, the thing is, is it didn't suddenly lift the fog, to your point. Suddenly the sun didn't come out and hemp flourished in your backyard and now everybody lined up at your stores Um, business, you still have to run your business within the confines of the law. What it did, and again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not, uh, definitely i am not part of any kind of public, uh, you know, um, I'm not, I don't serve any kind of elected chair. Uh, This is just, you know, opinionated. But what it did is it, it now cleared a little bit of the fog out. So if you imagine if you're paddling your rowboat on a very dark night and all you can see is the fog and 10 steps ahead of you, now at least we can see 15. But further down the road, it's still pretty foggy. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, even as we're interviewing now, Caleb, is here in Texas, uh, in Austin, there's 19 bills in the House. And the fog isn't clear. There's 19 bills. And it's interesting, the timing of this podcast, because Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has said, I'm basically, again, I'm taking this out of context, but I'm gonna squash some of these bills that have been passed to move the hemp movement forward. So. Just when we think the 2018 Farm Bill is is um, kumbaya, it's the sun's out and hemp is everywhere, um, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, who the state has elected, we have elected, and if you have a problem with that, listeners, then you better be out there voting. Um, he said, I'm going to be, I'm, this isn't going to make it through. I don't care what the House has said. Um, we're going to squash this. And so it's two steps forward, one step back. But... Um, it's it's imperative that we continue the journey and the fight and the movement and um, doing things again. I go back to these words with trust, transparency, and an ethical way because, every people are watching this industry now in a big, big way.
0: Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah, and that and that kind of even somewhat leads into my my final question that I want to discuss with you is and surrounding stigma. You know, like you're saying, the lieutenant governor is trying to squash all these bills that have been supported in the house. But, you know, there's still this stigma surrounding it, especially in a conservative state like Texas. Um, And some of that is starting to go away. Like I have a lot of, you know, very conservative customers that are buying my products. And so that stigma is starting to fade. But at the same time, you know, I've recently reached out to a prominent trail running um, niche website that I thought would be very open to, you know, promoting my CBD product. But they they didn't want to. They don't have anything to do with it. And so they they just wouldn't let me advertise with them. And so there's still a lot of that out there. So w- what are your thoughts in regards to the stigma, stigma and dislike and how long do you think it's gonna take for this to kind of just fade away where it's normal and accepted?
1: I love that question. We actually did an entire episode on uh, why, and it was my opinion and it, was, it got a lot of raucous replies, but on why using hashtag and the stigma is actually hurting us more than helping us. So there's a place for the hashtag end the stigma. Um, every team needs somebody who swings the bat. We need somebody who goes to war. We need the coaches. We need the catchers. We need the pitchers. But for us as an industry, for everybody to use hashtag end the stigma, especially if you're a business builder, an entrepreneur uh, like us, Caleb, you know, we're, we're, fa- we're family guys. We're, we have children. We're married. We've come from traditional entrepreneurial backgrounds, honestly. Whenever we say end the stigma, you know what that does? It resurfaces the stigma Mm -hmm. because so many people are so unaware really of what CBD is and the power of it that when you throw in there, oh, and by the way, we're going to end the stigma. Some people have never, ever heard that before. So imagine now, that all of a sudden it's like, just imagine you're going to go buy a brand new car and you love the car. It's everything you want. It's going to get you from A to B in style. It's this and that. And then all of a sudden somebody says, well, that one left tire sometimes gets a little bit low, but that's okay. I know that's kind of a a very poor analogy, but for the people who never knew there was a stigma, saying we're going to end the stigma makes them want to wonder and scratch their head and say, what stigma? And then you have to answer it. Then we, you and I, and everybody out there has to say, well, it's because of the plant and it's cannabis. And then they're like, what do you mean? This comes from, the point is that we're placing fear where fear doesn't belong. We're placing um, this aggressive hashtag where it doesn't belong. It does belong in some places. Take it to Capitol Hill, take it to the, the, the lawns of Austin, take it to the events where we're protesting but don't take it to the consumers. Don't take it to the moms, the dads, um, the the folks, the conservative clients that you now have, and let them know that there's a stigma, because there isn't a the stigma. If we truly believe this is wholesome, this is a this promotes super wellness. This is something our bodies need. And while there is a, a lack of science, I get that. And then we say, oh, and we're about ending the stigma or this whole hashtag free the weed. I'm like that. Honestly, Caleb, that scares me. I'm like, why would you do that? Why, why, why would you, why would an entrepreneur open up their brick and mortar econ, whatever they're doing, and then throw the these inflammatory um, questioning makes me wonder hashtags around when they don't need to be there. Talk about the good. The, we know the bad part exists. There's no reason to bring out the bad stuff. Uh, and again, this is my opinion. When people are just there, here's what they're looking for, Caleb. Right now, there's somebody on their knees praying for your product right now. So why the heck would you say, and we're going to end the stigma? They just want help. They just want help. They don't care about the fight. They just want to be better. So it has its place, but not for the cannabis entrepreneur who's trying to make headway and move this agenda forward.
0: Yeah, to, uh, yeah, completely agree with that. Even, even I remember you posting that, and I was like, man, I would never thought of that before, and it made me, made me really think about that, you know, because I've been really pushing for, you know, the health benefits of CBD and like in my niche market and how it can help them, and, and I've even used that hashtag before, but you know, it, it since caused me to sit back and think and you know really focus more on, you know, promoting promoting the health benefits of CBD and not, you know, not you know, putting it out there in a way will cause people to think that there should be a stigma when it when there's really not.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. And um, just that stance alone, again, it has its place, but not for, honestly, not for you and I. It it just doesn't. Um, um You know, if somebody says walks up to me and, and they know that we're a purveyor of CBD and they say, hey, what's this all this end the stigma about? You know what I would say for somebody who's looking for a response? I would say, I don't know anything about that. All I know is that CBD's changed my life. It's transformed my health and wellness in a positive way, and I believe that we all owe it to ourselves. Uh, if we're seeking a, a better way of living, to be more healthy, to be more well, super well, we owe it to ourselves to at least try. But that whole, what is it, end the stigma? I don't know anything about that. All I know is that this stuff works. It has helped me tremendously, and you owe it to yourself to try, at least try.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Well, all right. That's that's all the questions I have before we part ways today. Is there anything else you would like um, the listeners to know or like to add to the conversation here?
1: Yeah, no. Just if they if, if anybody's looking for more information on uh, the startup cannabis uh, community or the, or the startup cannabis world, uh, they can by all means hit up our website. Uh, it's Green Cannabis Co dot com. And there's free resources there. Um, I, Caleb, I think you're a member of our Green Seed Nation, which is a free Facebook group for cannabis entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. And uh, it's, a, it's an easy, harmless way for folks to dip their toe into the green water. And you never know, you may find yourself taking a dive in and um, just know that that we're there for you. There's good people who have your back. And um, you're one of them, Caleb, I really appreciate this interview.
0: Yeah, you bet. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great chatting with you, Rick. And thanks for chatting with us. All right, yeah. homie. Talk to you soon. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Rick Martinez. And just to recap where you can connect with Rick, the best way is probably going to be going to Greenseed cannabis co.com. That's just greenseedcannabusco.com. And that's where you can find more information about his cannabis entrepreneur accelerator. And you can also go over to Facebook and search green seed nation which is where that Facebook group is that he talked about. I believe you have to answer a couple questions to get involved in that. That is just a great place to start if you're interested in starting a cannabis company, whether it be actually cannabis or CBD or any any type of business that's tied into the cannabis industry. Whether it's like the picker pick and axes kind of like we talked about in the interview. Whether you're like a merchant processor or doing marketing for cannabis and CBD companies, so like. Rick can help you. He's an experienced businessman. He's sold a business before. He's run other businesses as we talked about during the interview. I know we didn't go into great detail about that, but um, Rick is a successful guy and he knows what he's doing and he can help entrepreneurs. So definitely go check those out. Um, It would definitely be worth your time. If nothing else, just check out that Facebook group and join it and hop in on the conversation. Everyone is there to help each other there's i've posted questions on there myself before and gotten helpful information i've been able to help others as well so that is a great place to get started if you're interested in connecting with rick and i'm sure he's also going to be posting information about that talk hustle connect event in san antonio that i mentioned at the intro anyway i hope you guys enjoyed the interview and again this is a brand new podcast i am just now getting into this so i would really appreciate it if you go on the itunes or whatever podcatcher app you're using and give us a little rating and review us. Um, that kind of helps other people discover the podcast, the more ratings and reviews we get. And again, this is Caleb with Hemp Daddy's Therapeutics. I'm your host of the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. And to follow us, the best place to follow us as is it hempdaddies.com. That's just H-E-M-P-D-A-D-D-Y-S.com. And I hope you guys have a great day.